My name is Ian Boswell. I was a world tour professional cyclist for seven years. Skyrider from the USA is a fighter. Well, Ian Boswell is turning up the cranks. Also, the host of this fine podcast, Breakfast with Boz, being served by Wahoo. Breakfast with Boz podcast dives into the world of endurance sports, whether it's cycling, multi-sport, running, anything that inspires us to get out and move, we cover right here on Breakfast with Boz. Let's get cooking on Breakfast with Boz. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo. I'm your host, Ian Boswell. I want to start off today's show by apologizing for not getting an episode out to you all last week. I was over in the UK for a quick ride with GCN, and following that, I made my way up to London for Ruler Live, which was a four-day bike expo. A beautiful show, and I really enjoyed it. I got to catch up with some of my former World Tour buddies. I got to catch up with Pete Kenna, Garen Thomas, and Marcel Kittle. I was hoping to get a podcast recorded with one or all of them, but I'm quickly learning that events like that are not the best place to try to get someone pinned down for 30, 45 minutes and, and have a chat. So I was unable to get an episode. I did, however, eat plenty of English breakfast, which consists of baked beans, bacon, sausage, toast, a hot tomato, which I'm not a huge fan of, and some mushroom, usually a fried egg as well. It was delicious, but I am really happy to now be back home. So this morning, I went back to my basics and something a little bit more simple and uh I guess a little bit more healthy, I would say. So I had some some picky bar oatmeal trail mix fix this morning. It was nice to actually be home and eat a breakfast that didn't leave me feeling groggy for a few hours afterwards. So once again, I apologize, but I hope you're all happy that I am back and you're about to dive in to another episode of Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo. In the episode today, I am joined by professional American mountain biker Haley Batten to talk about her successful 2021 cross-country mountain bike season. This was Haley's first season racing with the elite women, and twice she found herself on the podium at Mountain Bike World Cups. She also found herself on the start line of the Tokyo Olympics. And not only is Haley a phenomenal mountain bike rider, She is also currently a student at Quest University up in Squamish, BC. She has a lot going on. She is a fascinating individual and someone that I think is going to be on our radars for years to come. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode in my conversation with Haley Batten. Well, I'm joined now by Haley Batten. Haley, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to chat with you. And where are you currently? Are you up in... BC at school? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm here in Squamish, British Columbia right now. It's pretty rainy before. Like, I was pretty lucky on the weather for a while, but now it's definitely pouring rain. But yeah, this is where my university is, and I absolutely love it up here. Well, I want to get into how you're balancing both school and being one of America's top cross country mountain bike racers. But I mean, how does it feel? I mean, you've come off a phenomenal year of racing. You've had two podiums at, at Mountain Bike World Cups, you made the Olympic team. Now you're in Canada at, at school. I mean, what, (laughs) what kind of year has it been? I mean, you've had a a phenomenal breakout year and you're still so young. It's really just the beginning of your, 
career, but have you had time to digest the season you've just completed? Yeah, I think I finally started to yeah, have the opportunity to digest it a bit and look back on all that happened in such a short time. And as you know, when you start, when you're building up in your base season or training, it feels like it's taking forever for the races to start. But then once the season starts, months go by in seconds. It's like you're traveling there, you're traveling there, and all of a sudden it's over. So yeah, even for me, after the Snowshoe Worlds Cup, the finals in West Virginia, it was like I was home for a day and I packed in my car and started a road trip up to Canada. So definitely a lot happened in a short period of time. But no, overall, I'm absolutely thrilled about my season. I think just having two World Cups, that for sure surprised me. I knew I had worked really hard and trained really hard, but I think you never know, especially in the first race of the season, how it's actually going to go. And it's so so unpredictable. So I think I absolutely surprised myself and was so thrilled. And then, yeah, I mean, I think there's also a lot of room for progress, which is good too. I know what I can work on. I still have weaknesses and big goals. So I think it was a a big step in the right direction. And yeah, I'm excited to see what's next. Well, and still being so young and having, you know, really the future ahead of you, as far as, as racing goes, you know, what do you think was the biggest step up in 2021 that kind of led to these international results during the pandemic, obviously there was, you know, a lot of time without much racing. Were you able to kind of maximize that time and focus on, on some of your weaknesses and just, you know, grow and develop as an athlete? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, even talking about school because of COVID, I had a couple classes that I was able to get done online, like a couple extra ones in the summer. But other than that, I actually used the time and just training up for 2021 to do less classes than I usually do just because I had to be at home. I couldn't be on campus and I had a really big Olympic goal. So for me, that taking fewer classes was worth it. And that was something I'd actually planned out in my schedule first year in university. I had it all kind of planned out, but to have like the delayed Olympics definitely mess with my schedule a little bit. But I think having less school, my family had just moved to Santa Cruz, California. And so I had great summer weather all year long, which I'm also not used to. And yeah, I just had great, great training on the road, got in big miles and had more time outside of school to focus on that completely. And I mean, I think balancing school and training allows you to do is you really learn how much is possible in a day and how much you can do and be really productive. So I use that time to think about my equipment and all these and like really analyzing the qualification for the Olympics and all of those extra things that really happen outside of training that I think make you the best and and allow you to compete with one of the best, some of the best in the world. Well, and what are you actually going to school for? Yeah. So it's a liberal arts and sciences school. So a pretty broad education, but my focus will be on um, education actually. So here it's like a build your own major. So my question for that is how can education be optimized to inspire So right now I'm actually in a neurobiology class. So I'm learning how like young minds learn most effectively and how we can apply our understanding of research and and neuroscience and what the brain can do and how it learns to better increase that gap, that bridge from science into application in the school systems so that students are really able to optimize on their educational experience and learn the best way possible with science-based curriculum. Well, first off, hats off for for being an Olympic athlete and going to school full time. That's a <laughs> that's a big challenge, but that sounds that sounds really it's fascinating. I guess you know, being an athlete myself, I'm I'm thinking about how you know what you're studying translates to mm-hmm. you know your sport and maybe things you've learned through you know through travel and through you know largely as an athlete being kind of self 
self-driven and self-focused. Is there any, you know, do you think anything with your connection to sport has brought you an insight that maybe someone with a different background studying the same thing hasn't yet seen? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It goes both ways. Just being a student, I learned so much about what what my brain is capable of and how much there is to learn and challenge yourself in different ways. And then also being an athlete, you're right. I've traveled so much. I've had experiences that I think being in the classroom can't give you. And that's being able to travel and meet people and have, you know, talk with managers, discuss, you know, what team you're going to be on or yeah, you're, you're planning, you know, you're going to places, you're figuring out your accommodation. There's so much that happens and it's really a job in itself. And you're getting all these, you know, global experiences and you're learning to challenge yourself and overcome and then, you know, pick yourself back up when it gets hard. And I think that was like a lot of inspiration for what I'm trying to study is that I've had so many experiences and learned what your brain and body is capable of. And and I know that there's so much research because as an athlete, you're, you're always, you know, seeking what you can do. You're reading books about what physiology and mental training, and it's, it's really about human potential and seeing what your body and mind are capable of achieving. And so for me in the classroom, it's, it's bringing that I, what I know and what I need to, to be successful in the classroom and outside of the classroom and bring that perspective in, into, yeah, everything that I do both, yeah, in life and, and in the classroom and yeah. So it's been mutually beneficial, I guess, in the sense that, you know, you're bringing maybe different eyes to the classroom, but you're also able to take away things you've learned and apply it to your craft of being a professional mountain bike rider. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I keep going back. I feel like it really, even though when I come back to school, it takes my brain like a month to re- get back into routine. It's really, I feel like I'm a first year again, just like, oh my gosh, I can't learn anything. This is awful. But once I get into it, I just realize, yeah, there is so much to learn. And no, it definitely helps me to bring more structure and routine to my life. And yeah, I'm always learning. And I think that, yeah, it's a great reminder of, yeah, the the, the world is unlimited and there's so much to to know and understand and explore. And it's pretty fun to to challenge myself in new ways and, and get outside my comfort zone a bit. Well, and are you known as the the Olympic athlete at, on campus or, or do you kind of keep your professional life and your and your educational life separate yeah yeah I've always tried like my goal was always to be just yeah super chill like this is my school life this is I'm just gonna blend in with everybody but after the Olympics the the, the university is really small here so there was definitely a lot of you know posts and people sharing and chatting about it so when I even my first class they're like oh like did you go to the Olympics so it's been it's pretty I'm definitely like the athlete and the Olympian in school now but I still try to keep it yeah, I'm just, you know, on their level in the classroom. I'm not any anybody different when I'm learning or trying to new, understand something, something new. So I think that we're definitely on the same playing field, but they definitely know who I am for sure. Well, when you look back at this, this past season of racing, I mean, you had some awesome results. You also made the Olympic team. Is there a standout moment or was there a, a highlight that you you know, kind of pinned as, you know, that was the, the highlight of the year? I guess it's hard when you've had so much success, but what was the the standout moment of this year? Oh gosh. I mean, I think the standout moment would have had to be like the first two world's cups. And I think just the first world cup in Amstrad, just because I kind of, I expected nothing of myself or, or not, sorry, I didn't expect nothing. I, I trained to win and I prepare to win and I work really hard every single day for, for that type of performance. But I think that I, I slowly worked my way up into position and, and mentally that never got in the way. I just felt like I belonged there the whole time, but I still didn't think that I would ever get a world's cup podium in my first world's cup elite race. So I think 
to be able to work my way up from, gosh, like just outside the top 20 or in the top 20s. And then, you know, I got into eighth and I was like, oh gosh, okay. Like if I can keep this up, this is close to qualifying for the Olympics. And then riding all the way up to third place was just like the most unbelievable feeling. And it was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. And I think then to be able to take that that result and, and allow that to build confidence and not pressure and take that to the next race and say, okay, I'm, I'm here to win. Like, I want to see what I can do and, and still race smart though. Not, not get too excited and, and race outside of, you know, what was, what was actually possible. Yeah. I feel like I took that and just went for it in the next race and then to get, yeah, second at the next world's cup. And then when my first short track was was just, yeah, it was such a special experience. And I think also knowing that Nove Mesto and that second World's Cup was the Olympic criteria. And that was one race, one day that I had to perform on to make a big dream my reality. It, it definitely put pressure on everybody that's in that kind of situation. And I think a lot of racers on that day were all in, in a very similar qualifying kind of position. And it's definitely adds a lot of pressure. So I'm just, yeah, I'm definitely proud of myself in those two races that I went for it when it really counted. So I think, yeah, that would definitely be my highlight and probably proudest moment for the season. <laughs> I mean, how do you handle that pressure? Because when when you look at, you know, mountain biking specifically, you know, a lot of these races are one day events, you know, whether it's national championships, which you've won multiple times or world cups or the Olympics, it's, it's one day. And so much is riding on, you know, 90 minutes of racing. Do you take confidence in your skills or is it the process by which you you know, kind of train and mentally prepare to get to the event? You know, I mean, what are you thinking on the start line, especially, you know, your first world cup with the elites? Are you, you know, are you shaking in your pants? Like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this yeah. is crazy that I'm standing here. Yeah. You're definitely next to people that you've only been watching on Red Bull before. You're like, oh, this is so weird. But no, I think it's a bit of everything. Like you definitely, you know, you work hard, you prepare in every way that you can, but I think you're always wondering if it's enough. And I think, yeah, that's why the first races of the season are always like, oh God, like, did I do it? Did I do something wrong? Did I, did I, you know, step outside the box enough? Did I, did I train hard enough in that one workout? But I think, yeah, I think for me, I just, I was so excited to be there. Like in those first couple of races, I just felt so much joy to be racing again, to be racing with a full World's Cup crowd, to have an Olympic season and just to see what was possible. So I think yeah, even the first short track, I just started to be like, I had more excitement than nerves. I just wanted to be there and was excited to be racing my bike. And I think that that was re really helpful. I mean, obviously I, I tried to channel that into a very focused race ready mindset, but I think that that just that joy and that excitement and really helped me. And then also just being a first year elite racer, you don't really have that much pressure. You're like, okay, Let's see what I can do, what's possible. And I think I really just took that and said every day, even after the first World's Cup getting on the podium, I kind of took that into the next one. I was like, okay, well, this is the first time I've done my second World's Cup before. So like, let's see what happens. You know, this is the, this, there were so many firsts taking place that I think I just embraced that challenge and was excited to see, you know, really each one really is an opportunity. Like I get to race in the elite field and I get to be, you know, in a stacked field of people with Red Bull helmets and some of the best in the world, you know, everybody's wearing like world championships shites either on their chest or on their sleeves. So, I mean, it's absolutely a stacked field. And so I think I just, yeah, I saw it as an opportunity. I saw it as an opportunity to see how, how hard I've worked and how, how well I've prepared for it. And I think, yeah, also, I mean, the conditions and to have it be pouring rain and in no way, my I, I think I like the challenge and I just tried to embrace that and, 
and dive right in. Well, when you've had those results and you know you you are new, so it is all fresh and you have there's really no expectations. Everything's a, a bonus because you're at your first you know World Cup race. Has there been a change of mindset, or you know, especially as you start to look forward to to 2022, is there you know because all of a sudden you've been there, you've done that, you've been on the podium, you know, you've ridden in the Olympics. You know, there's maybe more pressure or expectation. You know, have you started to kind of realize or digest that or figure out, you know, going into next year, how do you approach that? Because all of a sudden it's not the first one. You're in your second season and, you know, you've already been a contender. So people are watching you. Have you started to think about kind of how you're going to approach things next year? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a, yeah, that's a great question. I think, I mean, really, yeah. I definitely took an off season and just like letting racing leave my mind. And now that I'm back into it, I think those thoughts definitely, definitely, you know, come in a bit more. And I think it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely different, but I think I'm, there's a few things that I think are just motivating me more than ever. I think that having, you know, I had great first world's cut early world's cup races, and then I had, you know, Olympics that I'm proud of, but I would have wanted more. And then after that, my World's Cup races kind of just were like, okay, my, my mind was so motivated, especially after the World's Cups to, I, I worked really hard to perform at World Championships. And then I wanted to, you know, end the season really well and in the U.S. at the final World's Cup. So I think I just had some disappointing races after that. So honestly, those like first World Cups feel so far away that I think that I'm more motivated by those World's Cups that I kind of finished my season with and kind of left this like, ah, feeling in my mouth. So I think that more than anything, I know that although I've achieved some, you know, pretty solid accomplishments and results in the elite races that I have a long way to go. And I have some, yeah, I want to be, you know, one of the top racers in the world and I want to be that racer pretty consistently. And I've got my eyes on Paris for sure. So I think that I see, you know, what I've accomplished, but I also see how much work and how much development I still need to make as an athlete. So I think, yeah, I can, I can definitely step in the first world's cup and not be like, Oh yeah, my first one, like, let's see how it goes. But I think instead it's more of, okay, I've, I've done this before, but what can I do now? And feeling, you know, comfortable in the elite ring, ranks and understanding, you know, how my competitors race now and, uh, and who to, you know, keep my eyes on how they, how they pace themselves, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and then understanding, okay, what is the importance of short track? You know, how can I, develop my training a bit more to, to improve that skill set and, and, you know, have fast starts. There's so many that, I mean, that's why sports so great is there it's endless of, of where you can improve and progress as an athlete. So I think that that's really where my sights are on now. It's like, okay, I've, I, I belong there. And now what can I, what am I capable of and where can I take this sport and, and see what I can really do to stand out amongst the rest? Yeah. I mean, I, in preparation to, to speak with you, I watched some of the, the Trinity on the trail YouTube series. Um, (laughs) and it was, it was really cool. Yeah. But what I was, I guess, most blown away with is the, the concentration and intensity of, of mountain bike racing. You know, I mountain bike raced when I was 15 years old. That was like the last time I raced on a mountain bike, but it was like a big, you know, 30 mile (laughs) loop first one back wins. And it was like, you know, doesn't really matter your start position or, you know, how quickly you get off the line. Yeah. But you know, how much do all these little details matter? And, And just seeing the, the technical aspects of, the way in which, you know, you and Blevins are just flying over these rock gardens. I'm like, do you even have comprehension of what's going on? Are you just so focused on looking down the trail at what, what's coming up next? Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like mountain biking is, I mean, you say that about our sport, but I think we, I would say the same about road cycling. We definitely, 
yeah, it's just, they're both so unique and I think they all have their own challenges for sure. And you're right. Like mountain biking is full on. You have one race that weekend, that's an hour and a half and you have to be like pretty spot on with every aspect. Like you have to be able to descend really well and descending or like your technical skills can be in a whole range of like, okay, are you good when it's wet? Are you good when there's fruits or are you better when there's rocks or can you do jumps and rock gardens? So it's cool in that way too, because you can see where different riders have better skill sets and, and which courses that, you know, they kind of fit, fit better in. But then, you know, you have to be really good on the climbs that are you good on like sustained climbs or really short climbs. And, and if you like go too hard up the climb, are you going to crash on the descent? Cause you can't crash or else you're going to lose like a couple spots for sure. So I think that, yeah. And then, and then just clipping in, like if you don't clip in right off the line, you know, you're going to, you're going to be totally swarmed. You're going to go on the single track and now you're going to have a totally different race to manage. So you're right. Like mountain biking, there's so many different elements and you have to be really comfortable in every different aspect to be able to really shine on the day. And I think that, yeah, it takes a lot of, you know, understanding, okay, what are the world's cups this year? What are, you know, what do those courses look like? What is the skill set that I need to have? And then also being able to show up to the pre-ride days and be totally comfortable with the train. You need to, like, for me, what I, I think is really important is I'm going to be showing up to the drop and be like, oh gosh, like I've never done a drop this big before. And like having to spend a lot of mental and physical energy to just like do it the first time and then to be prepared to do that consistently for six laps during race day. So I think I try to do more in training, get comfortable with a higher level, make my perspective really comfortable at a higher skill set that so that when I show up to World's Cups, it's like, okay, I've done this before. I feel really comfortable and I can race this really fast and be slightly blurry eyed and be totally fine. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of elements to work on and yeah, it's pretty yeah, pretty endless for sure. Lots of lots of little details. Well, I know that, you know, the World Cup calendar kind of constantly changes, but more or less, you know, there are similar areas, similar times a year mm-hmm. and courses. Does that much scouting go into it where you know, like, you know, this course has this drop, so I need to practice a drop or this is going to be a lot of, you know, it's there's a lot of roots on this course. I need to go, you know, find some trails locally that that have that. Is does I mean does that level of detail go into your preparation where you try to simulate as much as you can, kind of the technical aspects of these World Cups ahead of time? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, it's it's awesome when we can go to a totally different course. It changes scenery and it's it's fun to put everybody kind of in a new course together where we're all kind of, all right, figuring it out. But it's also nice to have these courses that are pretty consistent where you're like, okay, I know what I need to be able to do at these races. And every once in a while you go to a course and you get somewhere and you're like, oh, like that's hard. Like, I don't think I've done like a a root climb quite like that before. So those types of things that I definitely like struggle with or like caught me off guard or I hadn't really done before. I definitely like when I come back and start my training again, I'm like, okay, this is like, I'm not very good at like, let's see, like climbing up some big root thing. And I'll definitely like bring that into my training and make sure that when I go to that course, I'm like, all right, I did this. Like I can do this now because there's so many little things that no matter, you know, how much you do like ride on trails and ride technical features, every place is so unique and they can all have these features that are just different from what you've ridden before. You know, it could be really dusty and loose. And like here in Squamish, I ride a lot of like slick mud and roots. So it's just being comfortable in a lot of conditions and and being prepared for 
as much as possible, but also when it's different to be able to totally adapt and be confident with that base skill set. Like, okay, I haven't done this before, but I am capable and I can, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm not prepared as any other rider here, you know? So it's, it's definitely both, but I think it's helpful to, to do as much of that training and in your off season or yeah, during the season as possible to be prepared. So where do you specialize? If you could create a world cup course, what would it look like and why? I mean, I, you grew up in park city, your you know parents are in, in California now, but would you create a course that resembles what you wrote as a young, a young rider or is it, has that changed over time? Yeah, gosh, that's, that's really hard. Actually. I think, you know, park city with oh, park city is so good for anybody that has been in park city. It's amazing. But yeah, I think I think building a course would be really hard. I think I try to to be like a pretty all around rider, and I like to be adaptable and to be able to ride almost anything. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think Nove Mesto, like a course like that, really highlights what I'm good at for sure. Like I like big rock gardens that you have to go super fast through, and I like lots of roots. and And when it's slick, you know, I kind of yeah, it's 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 good for me. I think, but I think that like wet root skill set has definitely developed from being in Squamish and from being in the Pacific Northwest where it's like totally, yeah, just so extreme and and muddy and just like the riding here. It's, I thought I was good at mountain biking, but then you come here and you just like the normal here is so different. So I think, yeah, once again, I'm just kind of outside my comfort zone and and stepping into a new element and learning a lot from that. But gosh, yeah, I don't even know if I could build myself in my own course. I think it'd be It'd be too hard, but it'd probably have some slick wet roofs in it since that's what I do all winter. <laughs> yeah. Well, so have you already started to prepare for next season as your training already kind of commenced? Yeah, I, I just started on November 1st. And I think for me, most like what that looks like is really okay. Like I've been going to school and, you know, it's nice to be in routine at school, but all right, can you go to class and ride every day, you know, and fit in like two hours uh, you know, an hour and a half. So it's just like slowly building up, um, just hours and base and, and getting back into that routine again. And yeah, for me, that's like, I just take out my specialized enduro a lot and go ride on trails and, and try new things and, and try and like, just build that skill set up. Because like, even like the first day on the bike, you're like, Oh gosh, like I can hardly ride anymore. <laughs> so it's good to just, yeah, just build up the basic skills and have fun with friends and just get back into the routine of, of just training again and, and into that mindset of being motivated and being ready, ready to work really hard. I think that takes time and you definitely have to, to get your body ready for that. So right now I'm just in the beginning phases, but I'm getting pretty excited and, and pretty ready to work, work hard. And yeah, so yeah, it has begun for 2022. That's for sure. Well, it's a, it's a good reminder that getting started again can always be a slog. I mean, I've just got back from, from yeah. the UK. And even yesterday it was like one of the last kind of sunny, warm days we have here in Vermont. I was like, I should go ride. And I was like, you know, I really don't feel like getting dressed and going out. Like it, it, it is this <laughs> gradual build of process to when you're like, you know, in the middle of the season, you're gung ho and you're like, I'll go out in anything. I, I am like on fire right yes. now. But right now I'm like, I don't really yeah. feel like going out and doing that. Is So yeah. when you're looking towards next year, I mean, what what does that fire come from? I and mean, what are your goals? Is it just getting back to back to the world cups and kind of improving on what you did this year? Yeah. I mean, I think my main goal now is like, I know that I can prepare and be really strong in the early season. So I think it's now, okay, I want to like perform at one of those big races. You know, I want to be able to be strong at the end of the season and go for something like world championships and a couple like later world cups. So I think now it's just like learning and fine tuning 
like being elite world's cup racers, not just being able to show up in performance, like, okay, how can you take that to the next level where, like I said, you know, people's pacing, you, you dial in your pacing, you can perform at the races that really count and kind of take it to the next level of, of performance and, and not perfection, but I think just, yeah, just being at that next level of being an elite racer. So I think for me, it's just, yeah, I want to fit into that space where I'm not just there to race, but I'm there to really perform and, and people have their eyes on me. So I think that's where that motivation comes from. It's like, okay, I know I, I, I belong there. I can be there, but I really want to like be there if that makes sense and, and, and perform at, at some races that I think, uh, yeah, just like world championships. I think world's cup overall someday would be cool. And then I think the big goal is, uh, Paris 2024. So I think just those big races and races that, yeah, you kind of, everybody has a little fire in them for and and have you know big rewards so i think that is kind of what my eyes are on yeah well, i guess it's you know ultimately finding that consistency and you said you know knowing kind of everyone else's pacing strategy yeah. like rather than trying to accommodate their strategy it's i guess ultimately the ultimate goal is to like be in a position where you dictate that strategy and like you're you know not toying with people but you're all of a sudden the one in charge of the pace and like where the race is fast and slow and that's kind of the seems like the ultimate goal of anyone who's you know, at the pointy end of a bike race is to be the one totally. setting that pace. Yeah. And I think too, like with short track as well is, I mean, it's closer to road racing than anything I'm used to. So I think that being able to be in like a tactical environment and, and make decisions and go for attacks and make, you know, and pace when it's, and just be a really smart, um, athlete that can really race on instinct and, and make moves at the right time is definitely something that I need to to develop and, and get, you know, build that skill set, And I think that also goes into the cross country races as well Is like you watch Christopher is probably like his final world's cup season. He's a race, like such a beautiful race where he really knew when he needed to work and when the, when his, you know, when his matches really counted. And I think that's, you see a lot of those top racers making those really smart, instinctive choices that win, make or win, like lose or win the race. Like, I don't know how to put that, but I think that's, yeah, kind of the, the racer that I still need to become and, and work towards. I think my goals are not just what I accomplish and the results, but how I race. Yeah. And how I'm able to, to become one of the best, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of to, to, to wrap it up here. I mean, you know, you're still young, obviously Paris 2024 is not that far away now, but do you see your future as an athlete staying within in mountain biking or, you know, do you see, I know Chris came from road cycling and he's done some cyclocross and, and you have as well, but do you feel like kind of stepping out of your discipline would enhance your performance on the mountain bike or is, do you still want to just stay fully in, in cross country mountain biking or do you see yourself, you know, maybe dabbling in some, some gravel events or some road events just to kind of gain a different skill set in time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think like just being on Trinity racing definitely highlighted that to me. And it's like, it's, you need a lot of, you know, range and like a variety of skill sets to be, be, to be able to specialize and, and really be good at just one thing. So I think for sure, like I need to step outside my comfort zone and try some new things and, and learn some new skill sets. And I don't think you can do that you can watch videos and learn a lot. Like you, obviously Utah tube has a lot of like road races on it, but I think that that just being part of that action and, and trying new things and yeah, cyclocross, obviously it's like super muddy and you have to run and it's very like tight, short, high power races. So there's a lot of like skill sets, not, not just like mentally, but also physically that I think I could benefit from. So for sure, I think I need to to kind of step out there and try new things and, and see what they have to offer. One of my favorite books actually is, is called range. 
And it just talks about how, yeah, people that specialize can really benefit from having like a large skill set and trying a lot of different things. And so I think, yeah, I think for sure that's something that I need to need to kind of bring into my schedule a little bit. And that takes some smart think- thinking, but I think it would be worth it for sure. Well, it sounds like you've got uh, you've got things figured out. You're also, you know, at the moment, you're still in school. You're still racing at a phenomenal level. So I think you have plenty going on for the moment. And I'm sure you've got to got to run to class here soon. So Haley, thank you so much for the time. And I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your transition back to, to training and getting into the season. And yeah, stay safe up there. Yeah, thanks so much, Ian. It was really great to talk to you. I appreciate it. All right. Speak soon. All right. Sounds good. Well, there we have it, folks. Another episode of Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo. I hope you enjoyed today's show and my conversation with Haley. She's a great reminder that even the best athletes in the world can still benefit from having interests and hobbies outside of their sport. For her to be able to balance going to the Olympics and being a student at a university up in Canada is something that is phenomenal and inspiring. With a baby on the way, I feel like I need to channel some of my inner Haley. So folks, with that, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll catch you back here next time on Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo.